Hey, strangers. Welcome to season three. Season three. Episode one of the Strange Sessions. I'm Krista. I think this is Kurt. It's been a while since I've seen you. It has been a while. You, it, you look it really like has Kurt. been a while. Well, we got together for the Christmas episode, but we that did. was earlier. That was really only a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it really was, but it, it still like feels like forever. It does. So, yeah. How were your holidays? They were nice. Good. Pretty laid back. Anything uh, fun for New Year's? No. Stayed home and watched. I think I was in bed asleep by 930. That's 11. a big shocker to everybody that knows yeah, me. But We stayed up till 11. It was exciting. <laughs> didn't even make it till midnight? Super exciting. No, we no. didn't even plan on that. No. We were like, we're going to bed at 11. I did we fun don't stuff when I was younger. Did the oh, crazy yeah. party stuff. Home at sun up kind yeah. of thing. I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know. We made homemade pizza and watched the movie. I had Papa Murphy's. Mine wasn't even homemade. It was just Papa <laughs> Murphy's. You baked it yourself. I did bake it. That's half the, half the equation It's half there. the battle. Exactly. <laughs> So, do we have any housekeeping? Well, let's just give our, an introduction to ourselves oh, in suppose. case somebody is listening for the stumbling first time, upon stumbling us. upon us. Okay. Um, as she said, my name is Kurt. <laughs> Her name is Krista. Yeah. We have been friends for over 10 years. Yes. We met because we both joined a Wisconsin-based ghost hunting group, and eventually that became our group. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I joined it after that. Yeah. Yeah, because there were a couple different groups that mm-hmm. we were actually in, and then we finally kind of settled on Heartland Paranormal Investigations, and I think you came on board after, that, yeah. after like right when we were starting that, okay, and liked you right off the bat. We all just freaking loved you. <laughs> so what's not to love? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, even though we don't really do a lot of the ghost investigations anymore. Uh, Krista and I both love anything weird or mysterious or paranormal. Or strange. Or strange. Hence the and, name of this podcast. Uh, they had their, her and Jeff and Joe from Old School Media had their podcast, Paranormal Palaver, and I was on there, and I don't even remember how it happened, but... I think some, I just suggested Somebody it said to you. you and I should do our yeah. own podcast. I think I did. I think I was like, I think Kurt and I would really be... Because we had talked about it for a while. Before Jeff and Joe and I did a I know, podcast, but I was really scared so. to do it. Uh-huh. Well, you got over that quick. I did. No, not quickly. <laughs> I'd say four or five episodes. Now it's like, psh, whatever. Yeah. It's old news now. Yeah. So that's us. It is our third season, which mm-hmm. is crazy. blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. And if you want to know more about us and um, the group that we call The Strangers, if you're on Facebook, um, just look us up. You'll have to answer a couple of questions to get into the group. Very easy questions. Yeah. If you listen to one episode, you'll have all the answers you need. So. Yeah. Even sometimes if they don't answer, I look at their profile. If they to seem see, legit. Like if they made that profile that day, I'm like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> right. But otherwise, I'm pretty good about letting people in there. Yeah. I think so too. And I get a lot of emails and messages from people that aren't in the group, that aren't on social media, but just want to tell us that they love the podcast. Yeah. That is so cool. So that's awesome. Just the fact that anyone would go out of their way to tell us that is cool. Yeah. It really is. So or thank you. send us presents. Thank you so much, you guys. Yeah. And I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. We talk about weird stuff. We do we, a taste test every we episode. We weird stuff. Yep. We answer weird questions from our listeners. Yep. And that's about it. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Welcome. So hopefully the break wasn't too hard on you guys. <laughs> 
I heard some people re-listened to old episodes, I which know. I think is kind of funny. That is kind of funny. I've never done that with a podcast I listen to, but I'm I, flattered that someone likes us enough to listen more than once. I've done it once or twice, but for the most part, I don't. Yeah. For the most part, I don't even like listening to myself talk. So. <laughs> Oh, funny. But we want to give shout outs to our newest members of The Strangers, and those are Katie Menham, Brandy Nelson Fanto, Falcon Punched. I think that's it. It's P U N C H T. Okay. I recognize the name yeah, from the Yeah, I recognize group. the name from posting in The Strangers. Yeah. Uh, Elise Hornstein, Charmaine Star Powers, Tiffany Coonter, and someone sketchy named Krista Doe, who I have no idea who that is. I'm going to probably <laughs> delete her. Yeah, kick she her sounds out of the group. like trouble. She does sound like trouble. Uh, that's Krista. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. I had a different profile on Facebook, and I got rid of that one so that I could have a more anonymous uh, profi- profile with uh, the intent of being able to interact with listeners. So Very cool. Uh, there's that. So Krista Doe is Krista. Yeah, that's me. Krista that everybody knows and loves. And I don't think we really... Do we have any housekeeping? We have a couple things, actually. Yes. Uh, for starters, you guys can start sending us taste test food again. Yes, we're excited. We'll be here to taste your food. Just yeah. try not to make it perishable, because yeah. that could be a problem. And please, no more fish stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's all our we anchovy, get now. <laughs> Our anchovy crackers or <laughs> oh. whatever those... I can still taste those. They were so yeah, bad. They were disgusting. And we want to give a huge thank you to Bridget. Yeah, Bridget. Oh, my God. She sent she she sent me a message one day and wondered if our PO box was big enough for a bubble mailer and yeah. I was like, "Huh, that's Even if it's odd. not, I get a slip of paper in there saying that it's behind the counter. I just got to go give the guy the slip of paper. Oh, so that's send cool. us as big as you want. I mean, you can send boxes, yeah. Yeah. So we were very surprised. We didn't know what she was sending. Bridget is a listener from California that we just love. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we opened it up and there was a an old edition of a, the Stephen King book. It's the first book in the Dark Tower series called The Gunslinger, which yeah. Kurt and I are both huge fans yep. of. Yep. And this really cool, looks like a handmade vintage pouch. Yeah. So we posted pictures on the strangers and I'm I'm just so surprised. I was not expecting that. No, I wasn't either. So I have thank to find you a so very much, special use for the pouch. So I'm not sure what that is. No, yet, we were trying to figure out what you could put in there. Yeah. Because you don't want to beat it up. No. Keep it away from my dog. <laughs> Keep it away from your dog. Uh, we'll see. I'll find yeah. something for it. So thank you so yeah, much. Thank Bridget. you so much. Really, that that's just so. It's just amazing to me that anyone's even listening, let alone sending us stuff. That's yeah. crazy. So. <laughs> it really is. So while I'm we're s- talking about that, do you want to give them the PO box? The PO box. If you would like to send us something, postcards. We want postcards. Yes, definitely postcards. Oh, and by the way, Bridget was going to Winchester the Winchester House. Mystery House. I don't yeah. know if that yesterday. Was yes. it today or yesterday? I think Stephanie went there too not that long ago from our so from the cool. strangers. I'm and it's like jealous. You know, I'm so I, I need to you get say s- you need to get out more, but I, that involves like plane tickets. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a long ways <laughs> it's away. It's not like visiting the next town over. I want to do a road trip. Oh me too. But I don't want to drive. I want somebody yeah. I want somebody I'll else. Take turns. I want somebody else to drive, but I wanna I'd like to see the Grand Canyon. I added me that too. to my bucket list because I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Same here. I want to do the California thing. And I think we've talked about this on here that I'd really love to do the thing where I go to where I'm, I start my day in Maine and I watch the sunrise in Maine mm. on the coast. And then I fly to California and I watch the sunset from a beach in California on the same day. Because I That'd think that be would really be really cool. cool. But with my be. luck, it would be cloudy in both places <laughs> and it would just suck. Oh, but boy. our P.O. box to send us anything, postcards would be great, Yes, is The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434. Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 
M-A-N-I-T-O-W-O-C. Look up Stephen Avery. You're going to see Manitowoc <laughs> That's pop all you got to do, yep. And the zip code is 54221-0434. Awesome. So please send us stuff. Any other housekeeping? Well, I just wanted to mention real briefly that Jamie Kloss was found. Yes. So we mentioned her in an episode towards the end. Well, it would have been in October because that's when she went missing um, in season two. And just was last week? Yes. Last week she was Yeah, because discovered. a couple of people, all of a sudden I started getting texts. Everybody's and it's phones like, were yeah, blown up. Yeah, I found her. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't believe that. I mean, I really thought... I never thought I thought we'd never hear from her again. No, so so it's just kind of amazing. Lots of details are coming out, and we're all so thankful. I mean, she's from Wisconsin; that's where we're recording, and and everybody I think felt very connected to the situation, just because it's sort of you know. Yep. Anyway, but we're just kind of watching the details pour out and see how this unfolds, and I'm sure her family is elated. And Jeff and Joe and I actually recorded an, an episode on her disappearance. Um, prior to her being found for our true crime podcast. So we'll probably do a follow-up to that too. But yeah. Awesome. Very cool. I'm just so happy she was found. Me too. I just, I really never thought, no. I just didn't think it was going to happen. Watching a lot of those true crime shows, they don't always have happy Yeah, that's endings, why so. we have true crime shows. Exactly. <laughs> Missing person <laughs> exactly. shows. Which are fascinating, but at yeah. the same time, it's heartbreaking. I think we're going to start to cover a couple more murders and missing persons cases I on this show. Because a couple people suggested pretty good ones well there's there are i mean it's not just your typical missing there are a lot of really strange yeah. missing persons yes there are cases. yes there are so i think that's it for housekeeping yeah should we do our taste test should we do let's do the taste test All right. um and to anybody that didn't listen hasn't listened to a, us before i'm kind of getting used to the fact that you and i are basically skeptical believers oh yeah because in the paranormal because yeah i mm-hmm. mean we've had enough stuff happen that we know there's something going oh, on. Oh, for sure. You know, on our ghost investigations, in our personal lives, I'm kind of a kooky believe that this might be a computer simulation we're living <laughs> in, and I totally believe in the Mandela effect. Yeah. But we're also very, you know, we call it like it is. Yes, and I think we're very rational about things. We are. I, I highly suggest people, if this is the first time tuning in, go back and listen to the first seasons. Be aware that our audio was not as great at no, the beginning was, of season one. It, it was, was pretty, pretty crappy, bad. actually. Yeah. But we do talk a lot about our history, and we have episodes where we share EVPs and things like that that we've caught on investigations. So, But yeah, we, we've had episodes where we actually, at the end, go, oh, that, I guess no, this yeah. wasn't a thing. Even, <laughs> this our one, research... even, even today's episode, this is one that I was like fascinated in, and then Uh-oh. I'm coming across stuff, and it would be like, oh, we it would be over it? no, it would be so much <laughs> of a cooler story if I left this part out. Oh, and I can't yeah. do that. Dang. <laughs> so, no, we can't do that. So it's still a good story. Yeah, and it was what everyone wanted. This yeah. Is, so we had again, a, if you're just tuning in, yeah, we had in the strangers. We put up. We asked first what people wanted us to talk about in the season premiere episode, and then from that we picked the top ten suggestions and everybody voted in a poll and tonight's topic won by like a huge margin a which kind of surprised me yeah but everybody that suggested something we are going to get to that as a topic i've got them all written down you know we wanted stuff so we didn't run out of stuff to talk about so we mm-hmm. got it all written down and they will be addressed sooner or later very cool and on to the taste test all right so nice to be we back. reaching in a box of goodies we're reaching into the box of goodies i believe this is melissa's box of goodies <laughs> So, let's see. You know me, I have to giggle at I know. I love watching your face when you do this. 
I don't know if this is a bottle. This is definitely a bottle. Do we want a drink or do we want something edible? Did we do a drink last time? We did. Yes. It was that seed one. Let's do something edible. A bag of chips. Ooh. A big bag of chips. A bag of something. A bag of something. You ready? I'm ready. Ooh. It's very colorful. It's honey dipped snack. That I love honey, so I feel like we can't lose here. It looks spicy. <laughs> I'm getting kind of scared. Spicy? It looks spicy. Well, the, it's the angry face on the front. Well, yeah, but they look... Why do they look spicy to you? I don't know. I'm excited. Okay, I'm going to go over by the lights. Okay. I'm ter- yeah, it just I'm says honey, honey dipped snack and then something in Japanese. They look crunchy. It says original and since 1973. They look very crunchy. They, they, look, like look, hollow, like they look like hollowed Cheetos. out big Cheetos. Yeah. So we're going to try them? We're going to try them. I'm excited. At least you're opening it. I struggle <sighs> with bags. You can't get it. <laughs> no. Krista, Krista and I both put lotion on our hands before we Bad started idea. and realized we needed a bunch of stuff opened and we were fumbling. <sighs> we need to get a video feed so people can watch us struggle <laughs> right. with this stuff. I literally can't open this. Here, I'm going to... <laughs> let me try maybe I, you loosen it right it's not like a is there uh, like a thing that just says tear t- maybe tear here? just tear the top oh wow <laughs> that was really easy <laughs> i'm gonna dump some out so i can take a picture Ooh, ooh. they kind of remind me actually of like barbecue fritos no like um bugles Ooh, i love bugles okay i'm gonna take a picture i love bugles too okay i'm not scared anymore they don't look spicy they're not like those fire red Cheetos. Oh God, I can't do those. <laughs> Make you sweat I have friends, just looking at I them. I have friends that love those. No, I've never had them to be honest with you. Okay, yeah. you ready? You ready? I Let's do smell it. it. Doesn't smell like Doesn't anything. Smell like anything. It smells like lotion. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, ready? Let's do it. They mm. taste like bugles. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're really good. They, they taste totally like, taste like bugles with honey. They taste like honey flavored bugles. These are delicious. Oh, I really like these. Mm-hmm. I you the honey's not overwhelming. No, it's very subtle. I'm going to take a picture of you. Except that you're all blurry. It's okay. I look at best when I'm blurry. I wonder if I could zoom in on you. Ha! That's awesome. Mmm. I really like these. These are really delicious. They are. As in, keep that bag away from me. So it's 150 calories. In a whole bag? What if it's like ground up hazelnuts or something? <laughs> we'll find out when all of a sudden my throat closes up and I die. Oh my god. It should say, well, if we could read this, you'd think it would say. Oh, it's actually in salt, sesame, palm oil, white sugar, starch syrup, smoke flavor <laughs> i don't taste any smoke <laughs> no, flavor um it seriously says smoke flavor nutmeg powder yeah um biscuit flavor <laughs> cinnamon powder i just spit. what's biscuit flavor i don't know i don't see anything that you need to worry about though acacia worried. honey i'm not good i had a good run if i die i die it actually doesn't say there's any nuts so that's good good that's really good. It's delicious. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah, thank you. It's not fish flavored. It's not fish flavored. And it's not spicy. Mm-mm. 
I don't get why the guy is angry. He looks very angry. But he's looking like he's carrying one of the treats like it's a football. Oh. I think he's determined. He is determined. He, but he looks really... He's got the angry eyebrows. <laughs> one more. That's really good. Very good. That just means we're going to get a clunk clunker pretty soon. Um, right. Yeah. That's always how it happens. We get a really good one. And then we get a really bad one. Really bad. <laughs> so thanks for it the good one. It always involves some kind of fish or seafood. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> So, thank you, Melissa. That was yes, really good. Yes, thank you. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. You're taking those home. I'll totally take those home because okay. they're really good. Bet you they'd be good in milk. I was going to say it's like cereal a little it bit. It is. Hmm. Milk would get trapped in like the little tube. I might have to give that a try. The little tube would be good filled with cheese. Or chocolate. I'm thinking cheese. But it's sweet. Cheese goes in everything. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Wisconsin. This is on. Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> so on to our main story. All right, I'm excited. And in titillating our main, twenty, <laughs> titillating Sorry. twenty, our titillating twenty is almost it's, up. Yep. So for our season premiere, we are taking off from Denver International Airport. Let's see what you did there. <laughs> Thanks. That's uh, that's what everybody in the strangers wanted. Okay. So that's awesome. So thank which is you. so weird because I know nothing about. This. I voted for it because I didn't think it was gonna get traction i thought it was just gonna kind of there were a couple that i thought were gonna beat it okay um well, i'm excited to learn so you don't know anything about denver international airport i've read bits and pieces about the place like is pretty, tunnels and the weird place symbols yeah, right the place okay. is pretty kooky and the only reason i looked it up is because it had been mentioned on the strangers mm-hmm. so it's not something i have just heard about over the years i'm ready to hear about it now though you ready for me to <laughs> ready for me to drop it? Yeah, Here like it's go. hot. Like it's hot. Here we go. <laughs> okay. From 1929 to 1995, Stapleton International Airport served as Denver's primary airport, and it served as a hub for Continental Airlines, Frontier Airlines, People Express, TWA, United Airlines, and Western Airlines. In September 1989, under the leadership of Denver Mayor Federico Pena, I think it's Pena. It's got one of those little squiggles over yeah, the end. Yeah, Okay. Yep. I think that's a Y sound. I, I don't know. It's El Nino? A, didn't that yeah, have like a El, squiggle yeah, above the I end? I think that's got a squiggle. <laughs> yeah, okay. Isn't that called a tildy? No idea. Okay. I know what an umlaut is. Yeah, I know <laughs> what an umlaut is. <laughs> I don't know. That's grammar talk with <laughs> punctuation talk with Kurt and Krista. Uh, where was I now? In September 1989, under the leadership of Federico Pena, Federal officials authorized the first $60 million for the construction of a new airport that would eventually become the Denver International Airport. Two years later, Mayor Wellington Webb inherited the mega project scheduled to open on October 29th, 1993. And then it became kind of a disaster. (laughs) Several delays caused by poor planning and repeated design changes due to changing requirements from United Airlines caused Mayor Webb to push opening day back to December 1993 and then again to March 1994. Then, due to strikes and more planning issues, opening day was pushed back again to May 15, 1994. 
Due to the constant problems, people began referring to the project as DOA instead of DIA, uh-huh. which is pretty funny. See what they did there. Or Frederico's folly due to the mayor who authorized the project. <laughs> I like that one. I know. <laughs> it also became the butt of jokes on Late Night with David Letterman and many other television shows. And I can actually remember David Letterman. Really? Yeah. I can remember them making fun of this, but I didn't really understand it at the time. I wasn't watching David Letterman back in 19. 19- Oh, God, I was like a hardcore David Letterman. When really? he first came out, I was like a huge David Letterman fan. I did when I was just in college. So just a few years after that, I got into it. But Like when he used to throw stuff off buildings or when he wore the suit made out of Alka-Seltzer tablets and lowered into water. Wow. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. None I was, of that. I, a lot of people said I looked like him back in the day, and I kind of did when he had that huh. curly hair because I used to have super curly hair. I guess I can hair. see that. Yeah, I used to have hair. I mostly just watch those shows now to see who the musical guest is. Yeah, I don't even watch any of those around too late. <laughs> Why DVR them? Oh. Hello. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it also became the butt of jokes on Late Night with David Letterman and many other television shows, which I do remember. Then, in April 1994, the city invited reporters to observe the first test of the new revolutionary automated baggage system, which was planned to become one of the most impressive innovations in the new airport. Reporters were instead treated to scenes of open bags, torn clothing, and personal (laughs) items scattered beneath and around the system's tracks, while the actuators that moved luggage from belt to belt would sometimes randomly toss the luggage across the room. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Didn't work out like that. Such a great visual. (laughs) I know. I know. Okay. So, yeah, that didn't really pan out like they wanted. All right. The mayor then canceled the planned May 15th opening. So oh, my God. Just, it, has it opened yet? It's I'm o- just curious. <laughs> yeah, it's open okay. now. The Denver International Airport finally opened on February 28th, 1995, 16 months behind schedule and at a cost of $4.8 billion, Ooh. nearly $2 billion over budget. Wow. So, yeah. That's what $2 billion $2 over billion budget? $2 billion over budget. Lord. And that gets into some of the stuff. Okay. In 2004, Denver International Airport was ranked first in major airports for on-time arrivals, according to the FAA. In September of 2005, they finally gave up on the automated baggage system, and traditional baggage handlers manually carried the cargo and passenger luggage through the tunnels. So, <laughs> it just sucks. Denver it's International automated now, though, right? No. Really? Well, maybe a little Belts. bit, but for the most part, it's it's people carrying, people. people toting the luggage through the tunnels. Fly often. Denver International Airport is the world's sixth busiest airport, and at 33,531 acres, or 53 square miles, it is the largest airport in North America and the second largest in the world. I did not know that. Yeah. I always think of O'Hara as like one of the biggest airports. No, so it's 33,531 it acres, okay? The largest airport in the world is King Fahd International Airport in Saudi Arabia, which is 192,000 acres. So that is... Wow. And I have never heard of that until I was doing research. I'm like, that is... How many square miles is that? I don't know. And I was going to figure that out, and I totally forgot. (laughs) Where's our intern? Where's our intern? Oh, that's that's crazy. If 33,000 acres is 53 square miles, then 192 is big. I don't know. I have a phone with a calculator. I'm just yeah. I didn't realize the Denver International Airport was that big too. That that's I've never been there. Airport. I'm struggling to get into my coach. She is. (laughs) It's cold in the studio. (laughs) Very distracting for Kurt, but I'm freezing. It also has the longest public use runway available in the country. Public use. Yeah, runway 16R34L is 16,000 feet long, approximately three miles. 
That's a long runway. So if I have a private plane, yeah, okay. that I want to land there, that's sure. okay. We should. Do all airports I, have public use? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, so many questions. I'm thinking that probably are unrelated to the story. I'm thinking probably not. Okay. Usually, you hear about them. Like yep. we have an airport near here. Yeah. That is for that. Have sort you of seen use. what it looks like, Denver International Airport? Uh-huh. It's really neat. I think a lot of people call it the circus tent. Because oh, it are there has, pictures of it from above or whatever? Yeah, well, like just if you Google it, okay, it looks like it's in a tent, like a like a circus tent kind of thing. And I didn't know until like the main hub or whatever. Yeah, okay. I didn't know until I was researching that that it's supposed to look like the Rocky Mountains with like the white snow on the top. It's oh. a really really cool looking I'm, airport. I'm gonna Google it. Okay, oh, Krista's googling Denver Nash International. Oh, that's why it's not coming up. There we are. Okay, I'm listening. Waiting for you to see it. I don't want a map. <laughs> Sometimes my phone just might be possessed. I'm not sure. Oh, it's because I hit maps. <laughs> I'll get it on mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, that's really cool looking. Like it's a really actually. cool looking airport. It looks it really like mountains. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never knew that's it's what pretty. it was supposed to look like, but it's it it is really pretty. And it's also the fifth worst weather airport in the United oh. States. Being in Denver, it's like Mountainous easy, yeah. easy to imagine. Sure. So even before the airport opened in 1995, it had started to become the subject of conspiracy theories. Okay. So here we go. I'm ready. We are diving in immediately to the two main theories. Oh. Main theory number one, there's something weird going on there. That's a very broad theory. It's a very broad. But major theory number one is that there is something really strange going on at that airport. Okay. So now we get into all these different things that people... Sub-theories. Sub-theories. <laughs> think of the word. <laughs> it's been a be while like since we recorded. So now we get into the sub-theories. Or not sub-theories. This is more like the things that people point out why there's something oh, weird going I see. on there. Okay. Sorry, I, I misleaded you. So I don't even know what I'm going to call you. So I misleaded just... you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm an English major, and I didn't even notice that. I misled you. <laughs> it's been a you. while since we recorded. You were misled. I was totally misled. Misguided. Whatever. I was totally misled. Edit all this up. So, I'm going to leave that in. So I don't know what I'm going to call these, because they're not sub-theories. Examples. I'm going to say proof. Examples. Proof. Proof. Proofs. Not proof, because proof makes it sound like these are facts. Are they items. Facts? I'm going to call them items. Items. There we go. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we need an intern. Yeah. Corey, what are you doing? We're rusty. We haven't done this in a while. Really rusty. So, theory number one, there is something sketchy going on at that airport. Something stinks. Item one, why was another airport needed when Stapleton was perfectly fine? And why was the new airport built so far away? Stapleton International was three miles away from downtown Denver, while DIA is 25 miles away from downtown Denver. Hmm. It's sometimes known as, quote, America's most inconvenient airport. (laughs) So why was all this money spent for something that wasn't even needed? I suppose if you're not renting a car and you're relying on public transportation, well, it was or the same thing when I went to London. When I, I always assumed uh, Heathrow was like smack dab in London, and it's not. You gotta you're quite a ways outside really? of London. Yeah, you had to take a train to London. That's how they get you. That is how they get you. <laughs> so that's the first item is that people wonder why they even built this, why they spent the money to build this when they didn't really need it. Well, did they want it? Is it bigger than the other airport? Like yes. a lot bigger? No, well, not really. Not really. Mm. But we'll get to that. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Item number two, and 
I love this one. And this was just posted in our group. The picture was posted by Sean. By Sean. Item number two. Even before you get into the airport, you're met with the statue of a huge, demonic-looking cobalt blue horse with glowing red eyes that's rearing up on his hind legs in what appears to be a warlike stance. The 32-foot-tall statue is officially named Blue Mustang. 32 feet? It's big. Holy moly. The 32-foot-tall statue is officially named Blue Mustang, but most people refer to it by the name Blucifer, which (laughs) which I think is so cool. So is there like a plaque with an explanation as to what this thing is supposed to be? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, But I love Blucifer. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. I want that statue like in front of my Well, that's weird, but I love that statue. I think it's really cool. I'm looking at it now. The statue was commissioned as public art for the airport and was installed in 2008. And Krista's Googling. It should be in the photos. That yeah, I that's what you. I'm looking okay. at, the folder that you gave me. The sculptor of the horse, Louis Jimenez. I think it's Jimenez. <laughs> I'm really bad with names tonight. It might even be Louis. Louis Jimenez has said that the horse represents, quote, the wild spirit of the American West. It's weird that you can see his like ribs and stuff. I know, but I love the red eyes, like the laser eyes. It's so weird. I think that's so cool. Wow, seeing the cars in the background, this thing is ginormous. Yeah, it is. It really is. Interesting. Uh, but yes, the sculptor of the horse, Louis, Louis, I don't know. I don't know. I, I always get I'm just going to call him Jimenez. Has said that the horse represents the wild spirit of the American West. On June 13th, 2006, Jimenez was by himself in his studio rushing to finish the almost completed statue. He was using a rope to hoist a section of the sculpture into place so it could be welded when the hoist broke and the piece fell onto the 66-year-old, pinning him to the ground and slicing an artery in his leg. Oh my God. Jimenez bled out and died on his studio floor. His family worked to complete the statue. Since the installation of the statue, many petitions and Facebook groups have sprung up, some with hundreds of members that want the statue removed. They claim that the statue is a killer, that it's cursed, and that it scares people away from the airport. It's, it's, this, this, it's, it's disturbing to look at. It I is. Mean, it's got these weird red veins. and The uh, statue has also become a magnet for paranormal researchers due to paranormal things that have happened supposedly okay. around the statue. Like in... Proximity yeah, to like it? people hearing things okay. and seeing things. Some people believe that the statue is meant to represent the biblical horseman of the apocalypse, while other okay. people believe that the statue bears incredible resemblance to a horse witnessed by men supposedly unwillingly subjected to time travel experiments in the Montauk Project and the Philadelphia Experiment, hmm. both of which we will get to in future episodes. Yes, but that is Lucifer, and Sorry. I never knew that the sculptor died when part of it fell on him Wow! and his family had to finish it. So they get a lot of complaints about it. And I think it's badass looking. I really do. I like it. Ah, the jury's out on my end. Okay. You don't know what to think. (laughs) Slightly disturbing, but okay. (laughs) So that's item number two, Belucifer. Okay. Belucifer. I just think that's a clever name. Item number three, the runway pattern seen from the air resembles a Nazi swastika. Oh, it does. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, it it do- really it, does. It does resemble a Nazi swastika. Mm, so that is okay. item number three. Item number four. 
Inside the airport, there is a dedication marker and capstone that has been placed over a time capsule. The capsule supposedly includes a credit card, Colorado flag, and DIA opening day newspapers, among many other things, and is set to be opened in 2094. The symbols on the dedication marker are associated with the Freemasons, an organization that is often subject to their own conspiracy theories. Right. But what people really focused on with the dedication marker is that it... What does the G stand for? I don't know. In the middle of the Masonic symbols. I'm looking right now. Oh, it stands for God or the Great Architect. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Oh, where was I? Yeah, the symbols on the dedication marker are associated with the Freemasons, an organization that is often subject to their own conspiracy theories. But what people really focused on with the dedication marker is that it references a group called, quote, the New World Airport Commission. There's no trace of a group anywhere with that name. (laughs) That's weird. Conspiracy theorists believe that the name is a thinly veiled reference to the New World Order. Often tied in with the Illuminati and Freemasons and dozens of other secret societies, New World Order conspiracists believe that there has been a small group of powerful people working together in secret throughout history with the end goal of establishing a single all-powerful global government and reducing the world's population. This group is also said to love hiding its name, its plans, and its goals in plain sight, knowing that the majority of the sheep, us, won't even notice it. The name of the New World Airport Commission appears right below the Freemason symbol. Yeah, New World. Anything New World has a sort of cultish, religion-y yeah, feel yeah. to it. So a lot of people are like, "Whoa, you know, what's going on with that?" Right. And the thing, if like if you see the picture of it, the thing looks weird. Yeah, it is. It looks it's like strange. a treadmill. It looks like a treadmill. It's got a weird shape. Yeah, there's like a part of it is sticking up, and there's a plate there that looks yeah, like a treadmill. That's strange. Some people believe that touching the right spots or doing something on the raised part of it will have some sort of effect somewhere, like opening a secret door, which is hmm. more like you know something from the Legend of Zelda. That is, that is really it's really weird looking. It also kind of looks like the tail of a plane yeah it does it does which would be appropriate since it's an airport so people believe that like touching the the thing the certain way there's braille on there so people think if you like touch things the right way a secret door is going to open up they think that it might open up the time capsule and some people even think that it's going to start the global genocide if you do the right thing on there very da vinci code yeah it is other people believe that the upper keypad type thing is a homing device to lead alien ships to the airport (laughs) Well, <laughs> I, no, guess I, could, I think we're reaching now. I could see that. <laughs> okay. The capsule, which is also stamped with, quote, New World Airport Commission and the Freemason symbol, is believed by conspiracy theorists to contain something far more sinister, something that could be a part of the New World Order plot and is remaining safe below the capstone until the time comes when it's needed. Hmm. Item number five, other weird art installations. Another art piece that adds to the intrigue at DIA is titled, quote, Noter Denver. Artist Terry Allen created bronze sculptures of two twin gargoyles sitting in suitcases. The gargoyles are found on the east side and west side of the Great Hall, sitting on top of pedestals overlooking the baggage claim areas. Creepy. The airport's website says the gargoyles, roughly the size of a fifth grade boy, are seated inside suitcases. So That's creepy. They're really creepy. Yeah, yeah, but... Gargoyles are such a classic architectural detail, though. Yep. Gargoyles originated in the Middle Ages when stone statues called gargoyles or grotesques were placed on the exterior of cathedrals. 
Since the Freemasons built many of the temples in Europe, the presence of gargoyles at the airport strengthens the theory for some that the DIA is a cathedral or temple for Freemasons and the New World Order. Others note that the gargoyles are frighteningly similar to reptilian aliens, which are evil shape-shifting creatures that people like David Icke contend are running the show from the underground base beneath the airport. It has a bird-like look to it. Yeah, it does. There are also several names, phrases, and images carved into the floor and walls of the airport. Names of places sacred to the Navajo people. One of the ones that gets brought up a lot is an image on the floor of what appears to be a mining cart with the letters AU and AG on the side of the cart. Well, isn't that yes. periodic table yep. stuff? AU and AG are the periodic table symbols for silver and gold, and it's stated that the image represents the gold rush and the opening of the western part of the country. Conspiracy theorists, however, believe that these letters are instead a reference to one of the airport's largest anonymous donors, who it is said found a new strain of hepatitis so strong that it could be used as a biological weapon. This strain is called Australia Antigen, and it is abbreviated as AUAG. Oh, interesting. What makes this even more interesting is that this image is located on the floor in front of item number six, and item number six is the one that gets most people going, whoa. That's really weird. And that's the murals that are painted on the walls of the airport in a hallway next to the baggage claim. The paintings have left some people offended, while other people have claimed that the painting is at the center of a conspiracy theory that revolves around the airport and the Illuminati, aliens, or the apocalypse. There's a lot going on in this mural. Yeah. The four paintings by artist Leo Tanguma make up two overarching pieces of art. The first piece being titled, quote, In Peace and Harmony with Nature, and the second titled, quote, Children of the World Dream of Peace. First, in peace and harmony with nature, the first mural of this set features a fiery scene in which massive tree trunks burn brightly, sending smoke billowing across the top of the mural. Children and a young woman are seen fleeing the flames, and some of the children are carrying extinct animals in glass cases. So the title is supposed to be ironic? Or? I, the foreground of the scene also features dead animals and several dead bodies and caskets, including the bodies of young children, one of them with a Jewish star of David on her body. The second half of the painting, found to the right of the first, features happy children, presumably from various cultures around the world, coming together in joyful celebration while animals and their young are alive and well in the background. The pictures in the, the, the children in the coffin are disturbing. Disturbing, yeah. It is really disturbing. The colors are beautiful. It, it's a beautiful painting. It really but is. it's disturbing. But the, the dead is children. Like a, is that a phoenix? I think so. In the photo? I think so. Rising I, by the, the time this comes out, By the time this comes out, I'll have some of these pictures posted in the groups for you guys to look at. Can't wait for people to like pick them apart. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everything in here has some it has, weird it meaning has. behind it. But the, 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 the children in the coffins is disturbing. Yeah. The second set, titled, quote, Children of the World Dream of Peace, also features two paintings that depict very different realities. The scenery of the first painting called Order of Chaos, and this is the one that's like, whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant that this one with the fire and the dead people was the peace one. No, I think that's, that's the second one. That's why I was one. like, is this supposed to be ironic? <laughs> that, no, that's the, one that, the, that's the one that's really okay. disturbing, I yes. think. Yes, yes. Yeah, the second set titled Children 
of the World Dream of Peace also features two paintings that depict very different realities. The scenery of the first painting called, quote, Order of Chaos, features the destroyed buildings of a city, and the central character is a huge, frightening Nazi-like soldier who is brandishing a machine gun above sleeping or dead children while stabbing a dove with a sword. Yikes. Weeping mothers are seen carrying dead babies. The soldier figure is wearing a gas mask, implying that the instrument of death in this case is a biological weapon. In the corner of the painting under the Nazi-like soldier, there is a piece of paper that features an actual poem written by 14-year-old Hama Hirschenberg, who died in the Auschwitz concentration camp. Hmm. And the poem reads, quote, I was once a little child who longed for other worlds, but I am no more a child, for I have known fear. I have learned to hate. How tragic, then, is youth, which lives with enemies, with gallows ropes. Yet I still believe I only sleep today, that I'll wake up a child again and start to laugh and play. So that's... Jeez. Yeah. That's How old is she? 14. Wow. That's sobering stuff. Sure is. You know, to, to think about. The second painting features children and people of diverse cultures celebrating above what appears to be the dead corpse of the Nazi soldier with two doves resting on the butt of the soldier's gun. A blonde, Germanic-looking boy is also seen beating the soldier's sword into a plowshare. Conspiracy theorists make the claim that these murals depict a mass genocide of various species and humans of all races, followed by a time of peace after the earth has been culled and cleansed by the New World Order, most likely with the use of a biological weapon, and that goes back to the AUAG that's on the floor in front of the painting. Mm -hmm. And it also has overtones of Hitler's master race beliefs. Hmm. Anti-vaccination activist Dr. Len Horowitz, who believes that global viruses such as AIDS, Ebola, West Nile, tuberculosis, and SARS are actually population control plots engineered by the government, says in a 2003 interview with Bookwire, quote, and this quote is, uh, hopefully I can make it through this, the Nazi alien symbolizes the Nazi fascist links between contemporary population controllers and the military, medical, petrochemical, pharmaceutical cartel largely accountable for Hitler's rise to power. Wow. That was a mouthful. Yeah. He points to Taguma's work as an expression of the devil doers' confidence in their plan to generate mass genocide of undesirable populations through air-based chemical warfare. The wispy rainbow that extends between the two adjacent murals is a stand-in for lethal toxins sprayed into the atmosphere, and as a result, you have dying people, mostly ethnic populations. Hmm. So that's, the murals are what people immediately are like, wow, that's... It's just so, that's an odd, I can see this in... A museum. A museum, but an airport, it just seems misplaced or something yeah and it seems like all of these things are random like the gargoyles and the thing on the floor it's like but if you look hard enough maybe they're related yeah they just and i seem think that's random. what people are doing are like drawing Con yeah. connections between all these things sure where there may not be any yeah so the paintings are odd very strange they're pretty very they say a lot yeah, but here's the thing i'm I never was a fan of flying, and ever since 9-11, I'm even worse. Oh, but when I'm, in, when I'm chilling in an airport, I don't really want to see people in coffins. Right. You know, that's kind of a... It's just disturbing. Yeah. Other people believe that the murals indicate that the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, has built a concentration camp below the airport to systematically gather and murder people or populations seen as undesirable. Oh, my God. And that brings us to item number seven. What the hell is going on below the airport? The theory that you needed a construction project up above to mask a larger construction project happening down below has popped up a lot with Denver International Airport. 
The story about the airport underground begins back when construction was started on the airport. A former airport construction worker claimed that the reason why the airport was so far behind schedule was because once digging was started for the airport and they had a deep hole dug, five large multi-story buildings were put up. According to reports, it was then said that higher-ups told the construction workers that the building had been incorrectly placed. But rather than knock down the buildings or attempt to reuse the material, the buildings were just buried. This same construction worker, as well as others, also supposedly said that there was a complex network of tunnels beneath the airport. Other construction workers who helped build the airport claimed to have seen entrances to bunkers and unexplained tunnels. In order to build the baggage claim tunnels under the airport, 110 million cubic yards of earth were removed from the ground. That's enough to cover 32 city blocks at a depth of a quarter mile. According to conspiracy theorists, this amount of earth is larger than the size of the airport, meaning that there has to be a lot more than meets the eye underneath the airport. Hmm. It's like Area 51. Yeah. Conspiracy theorists believe that the airport's underground tunnels were never intended for baggage transportation in the first place. They think that they knew that the baggage things weren't going to work, so that was just kind of a... seems really elaborate for baggage. Yeah. But they think that that, they knew from the start that that wasn't going to work, so that was purposely shown as a failure in order for them to still have these tunnels to use without having to bring baggage through them. Hmm. Instead, the huge tunnels some which could easily be driven through with trucks, go between buildings and possibly even reach to Area 51 or Washington, D.C. There is a 7,000-foot tunnel system running underneath the airport used to transport baggage and other things. Anyone who has been in these subterranean train tunnels can attest to the weirdness of the maze-like tunnel system, which is curiously large in some places, while other areas remain unused for anything. People who have been down there claim that it's unusually hot, more so near what appears to be stairs or doors leading to lower levels. Conspiracy theorists believe that there are 10 levels below the airport. The first four levels below the airport are the ones that are used by workers for for baggage and are shown to the media. The remaining levels are where the strange stuff supposedly goes on. There are rumors that an electrician was working in the tunnels and got lost. It's said that he somehow got 10 levels down below the airport and saw some, quote, really weird stuff. There are a lot of rumors of workers getting lost in the tunnels and coming across strange things like human-sized cages or hearing what sounds like distant screaming from the floors below them. Oh, my God. Phil Schneider, and he's an interesting guy. We're going to get in more. A couple people suggested Phil Schneider for our topic, but we're going to get more into Phil Schneider. Okay. Phil Schneider said that during the last year of construction, they were connecting the underground airport system to the deep underground base, and he believes that there is a network underneath the ground that they have trains and stuff that go the entire length of the country, that there's this entire system wow. below the ground. Hmm. So he says that during the last year, they were connecting the underground airport system to the deep underground base. He said that there was at least an eight level deep underground base underneath the airport and that there was a 4.5 square mile underground city and an 88.5 square mile base underneath the airport. Where's he getting this information though? I don't know. Okay. He just said that. It's very specific. So what's under there? Uh, some people believe there's a huge, possibly 360,000 square foot bunker built by the New World Order to house the elites in case of economic collapse, a devastating natural disaster, or a nuclear holocaust. It was reported that in 2011, when the comet Elenin, I think that's called Elenin, was headed near Earth, they didn't really know what was going to happen. And when that got near Earth, former President Barack Obama just happened to be in Denver. Hmm. And I think he was there just in case, Okay, you know. 
Other people think that there's a FEMA concentration camp where people will be held and even killed in some future event. Why FEMA? A FEMA's tied up with a lot of conspiracy really? theories. Yeah. Okay. And other people believe there is an alien base. There's a lot of rumors about reptilians being underneath the airport. David Icke believes that the world is controlled by an elite group of reptilian aliens known as the Babylonian Brotherhood. In his 1999 book, The Biggest Secret, Ike says, quote, Denver is scheduled to be the Western headquarters of the U.S. New World Order during martial law takeover. Other contacts who have been underground at the Denver airport claim that there are large numbers of human slaves, many of them children, working there under the control of the reptilians. It's rumored that the lower levels of the airport are unusually hot because the reptilians need it that way to operate at peak efficiency. Okay. I, I don't know how I feel about reptilians. You had me for a little while there, but the reptilians... <laughs> We're going to get gonna... into repti- reptilian stuff is actually... It's very I'm popular. Not saying, I'm not saying I buy it, but there's some really interesting things Theories that we'll get stuff, into yeah. in a future episode. Okay. But a lot of people think that there's a reptilian base underneath the airport. I can buy the whole bunker like for, yeah. you know, yeah. elite, but... <laughs> not know. reptilians? Not so much. So as far as reptilians go, here is a post that I saw on the website phantomsandmonsters.com where somebody commented, they had an article about the Denver airport and somebody commented on it. And this was this girl's, what she posted. Okay. She says, Denver airport, 1.30 a.m. I was ill and traveling all the way from New York to Colorado to see a physician who specialized in IC or bladder disease that mimics cancer. I have never been in a huge airport, and it was very quiet. Few people, and I had no idea where to go off these subway train things. Plus, no people were around for me to ask, which way do I go? As I am standing in this tunnel after getting off the train, I was looking around and down the long hallways for a bathroom. Part of my medical issue is a constant need to urinate. Anyway, I saw a very weird, tall sculpture, kind of like a dinosaur, but with alligator skin and a lizard face with big eyes. It didn't move, and because I saw a lot of weird art things at the main entry of the airport, I assumed it was just another statue. But my phone rang, and it was my doctor asking me if I was in the airport. As I turned to go to the direction he told me to go, the weird, tall-looking lizard thing was just gone. So That's, that's weird. That is weird. <laughs> okay. This was in March of 2006. Okay. At that time, I hadn't heard of reptilians. I was watching Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura, who did an episode from Denver Airport. Okay. And I decided to look it up. I know what I saw now. I'm 100% sure it was a reptilian. I'm not so sure David Icke is nuts now from Heidi Joe. So that's a weird story. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. You, you could have just made the whole thing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> easily. I mean? Easily. All but, these. You know, you know. So much of this could be. But... I don't know. It's fun to think about, though. Yeah. I mean, okay. And that brings us to item eight, other weirdness. There are a ton of large white fuel tanks that dot the landscape near the airport. These tanks hold more than 40% more fuel than any other airport around the world, including the world's largest airport. Why does the airport need so much fuel? According to the Denver International Airport's website, quote, the fueling system at DIA is capable of pumping 1,000 gallons of jet fuel per minute through a 28-mile network of pipes. Each of the six fuel farm tanks holds 65,000 barrels, or 2.73 million gallons of jet fuel. Conspiracy theorists claim that this is completely unnecessary for a commercial airport. Instead, theorists believe that these fuel tanks will serve as the power source for an underground bunker when the world is plunged into its post-apocalyptic state. 
What's amazing to me is that people even notice these things. Oh, I know. I know. Okay, the murals I know, are but weird. I think the more people notice weird things, the more they're going to look for other sure. weird things at the airport. And I think that's where people are finding like, this stuff. looking at the fuel tanks? The murals yeah. are weird enough, yeah. but... Also, Queen Elizabeth II is rumored to be a substantial property investor. And a lot of people think that's because she wants in, you know, when... Well, and I have seen pictures of her online where she supposedly morphs into a lizard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she... You know, maybe she's working for the reptilians. I don't know. Maybe she's the queen of the reptilians. But a lot of people point out that it's strange that she is a substantial property investor in the Denver airport. Hmm. And another one that you hear... Is that all... substantiated, though? <laughs> like, yeah, how do we know Yeah, it is. This? We'll get to that. Okay. But another one that you hear a lot of, that I came across a lot while I was doing research for this, and I heard years ago, because I got into this like a long time ago. Once okay. somebody posted the mural somewhere, and I'm like, okay, that's really weird. And then I started hearing about the reptilian stuff, so I've known about this for quite a while. But another one you hear about a lot is that in a, several places around the airport, they have barbed wire fences. And on barbed wire fences, the top section that has the barbed wire is angled in a certain way so people don't come in. Right. And they say at the airport, they're angled the opposite way. Like, like a jail. Like they are trying to keep something out. Like they are at a prison yard. Like they're trying to keep something from getting out yeah. of the, Interesting. the airport. That's weird. And that's a big one. Are there photos of this? We'll get to that. Okay. You know me. I want proof. <laughs> a lot of people report feeling nauseous, on edge, or just feeling off at the airport, which some theorists believe points to a large electrical grid beneath the airport. Hmm. I can buy that. Yep. Another one is that a supposedly a very large runway was created when the airport was built and was then covered up with a few inches of dirt. It was claimed that it was a mistake and it wasn't supposed to be there. And then it was covered up with, I think, four inches of dirt. And they said that... It's apparently for aliens or something that when the poop hits they... when the poop hits the fan, they're gonna take the dirt off and that'll be the <laughs> the landing strip. The landing for the strip aliens. for the mothership. I think it's funny that their kind of like go to excuse is uh we effed it up, so we're gonna just cover it up yeah. with dirt. <laughs> Basically that that happens <laughs> Sweep a lot it here. Under the rug. So a lot of people spend a lot of time looking for this runway that was created and then covered up with dirt. I feel like it would be easy to spot from an aerial yeah. view. Another one on February 16th, 2007, at least 13 planes at DIA were found to have cracked windshields within a two-hour period. Airport spokesman Steve Snyder confirmed that over a dozen airplanes sustained cracked windshields that day as high winds buffeted the state, delaying some flights. Snyder said officials were baffled by the incident and found no evidence of flying debris that could have caused the cracks. John Nance, a pilot and aviation consultant for ABC News, said, quote, this is not only unusual. I know of no precedent for anything like this where multiple windshields have been cracked simply by being in a particular place at a particular time. Well, and you would think that the whatever material, the glass that it's made out of would be incredibly yeah. strong yep. because it's an airplane. Yep. And some people think it was a possible sonic weapon test that it's mm -hmm. something to do with whatever is underneath the airport. Hmm. Another one, in 2017, the nearby town, I think it's called Lokbui, Lakbui, the nearby town of Lakbui was shaken by a massive boom originating close to the Denver airport. Many people said it was so intense that it shook their house and caused items to fall from their walls. There was no earthquake that day and nearby Buckley Air Force Base said they were already finished with drills by the time the boom took place. This has caused theorists to believe it had something to do with the Denver airport and its underground bunkers. Hmm. They think that something happened in the underground bunkers that caused the boom. Mysterious booms are fascinating. They to are. Me. They really are. 
And now I'm going to do a couple of miscellaneous comments and posts that I came across while I was researching this stuff. Because a lot of these articles had places underneath where people could comment on stuff. Mm -hmm. So here's a couple of them that I thought were interesting. The first one, quote, What's interesting is that the tunnels take you under the service tunnels located next to the trains. I can't imagine how deep it goes, but it is wide enough to drive two or three tractor trailers side by side down there. We were a bit less than busy one night, and we headed down there a bit, but after a few hundred feet, you lose all light, and the smell is a bit odd. I doubt it's a, quote, alien base, but I could see there being something down there, perhaps as an alternate White House bunker kind of thing. I would not be at all surprised if there was something down there, perhaps even associated with NORAD, maybe. I think it would be a great place to hide something like that. You would be hard-pressed to find a better location for it. Well, and an airport just makes sense. Big, you know, sort of players in the game can come and go. And the next one, and I really think this one is interesting. I came across this from other people too, and I thought this was weird. Upon boarding the train underneath the main terminal, you normally start your voyage by train slowly, entering a switching tunnel to switch tracks to the other side. Then, right before your train speeds up to normal speed, if you look into the next switching tunnel, you will notice a piece of artwork on the wall in lights. It shines onto the side of the switching tunnel. You have to be quick to catch what it says, but it says something about a, quote, sweet dream. That's all I can make out. Sometimes you can see it and sometimes you can't. I don't really think there is a conspiracy here, but why would you put a so-called piece of art in a place that it's not going to be noticed? I've never been able to get an answer from my DIA counterparts. I've shown four other people this thing, and they all leave with the same baffling thoughts as myself. And I read a lot of stuff that there's like art underneath in these tunnels where nobody is going to go. So why they think that that's part of the bunker scenario that we're going to that the elite I don't think you and I are on that list, but I think the elite oh, are going right. to live under there, and that's these. But to put this art installation made up of lights in this place where nobody is going to see it is weird. Yeah, I think that's one of the weirder things Artists to be honest do with weird you. Weird stuff. Though. Yeah, but why would you spend that money to put this in some off tunnel where nobody is going to see it? Why would unless that... somebody is going to be in that tunnel right. in the event of some catastrophe? Why would that one artist shred a painting that he just sold? That for... was cool. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like it just goes to show that. They yeah, but why do would you spend the money stuff? to do this where nobody is going to see it? You know, I mean, this was a, a art installation made up of like lights. I think it's like a joke. You know what I mean? I don't think they would spend that much money. This, this, I legitimately think. The light think, installation or just the mural that said something? Because I don't think that would be a lot of money. No, but this was like made up of lights. So it was like a, it was actually like a pretty hard to make piece of art. Okay. And I've come across other people I'd that like said. i like to see a photo. I've come across other people that said that there's art down there on the walls where nobody goes. And they think it's weird that why would they do that? So I totally think that's one of the weirdest things in this whole scenario, to be honest. Okay. And here's another one. I had posted this elsewhere, but maybe you'll find this interesting. Perhaps not. I live outside of Denver and have heard all the DIA conspiracy theories. A close friend's sister used to work for the government in D.C. I don't know much about her career, but I know she has several degrees and has worked for the government for years. Recently, her and her husband had moved to Denver because she was offered a job at the Denver airport. I know it doesn't seem that weird, but I don't know what she could possibly have been offered at DIA that would beat her old government job in D.C. I don't know her well enough to probe a lot, and the little I have has resulted in vague answers like, quote, safety regulations or something. Edit. I realized I made it sound like she got a new job, but they relocated her at DIA. It's not like she just stopped working with the government and started working at the airport. Hmm. So it's weird. Like, why the would they need position at, yeah, the at the airport? 
And another one, as a former airport employee, I can tell you there is definitely something going on there. Well, here's the thing, though. It's an international airport with international flights. Oh, yeah. Flights, I mean, so you need, you need government gotta people there. There's got to be a government presence. As a former airport employee, I can tell you there is definitely something going on down there. No actual idea if it's as sinister as some of the theories, but a few things do stand out as a bit strange. For instance, yes, the underground is very hot, over 80 degrees Fahrenheit. There are miles and miles of tunnels, and out on the eastern side of the taxiways, there are fenced-off buildings and towers. Benign? Perhaps. But in order to get your security clearance, you are given a test, and part of that test is challenging people who don't have badges in restricted areas, except for the people wearing special badges and the security who wear just the pure black uniforms, not TSA or HSS. Hmm. So they don't know who these weird security, guys security are. people are. Also, if you do get a job there, don't even joke about any of this stuff or they will suspend you pending investigation <laughs> and fire you outright for no reason. I cite personal experience on that last part. Huh. So, yeah, according to him, there's strange security Maybe they have their there. own men in black. Could be. And the last one that I found that I just really liked and threw in there. Somebody saying, quote, as a Denver local, DIA is weird AF. And <laughs> AF is how the kids say as heck. <laughs> yes. So that's that. Okay. Now we get to theory number two. There's nothing weird going on there. I can't wait to hear all the explanations for that one. There are some for a lot okay. of this stuff. Item number one, why was the new airport built? By the 1980s, it was apparent to... It's not like you're going to say it was a parent diaper. <laughs> sure, that's not what's going on. It wasn't out what I mom. was going to say. Okay. By the 1980s, it was apparent to airport personnel that a major renovation or a new airport was needed due to several factors, such as it having no room for additional airlines that wanted to add Stapleton as a hub, lawsuits over aircraft noise brought on by residents of the nearby communities, and inadequate separation between runways, which led to extremely long waits and bad weather, which Denver has an abundance of. The original airport was three miles away from downtown Denver. The Denver International Airport is 23 miles away from downtown Denver, but the distance makes sense. Noise, more room for expansion, and more runways to accommodate planes in windy weather. So, so it, a lot of that is logical. I mean, it's all good. Yeah. But like, if you're in an airport, you're going to be like, they didn't really need another one. But if you're somebody that actually works there, there and runs the place and you don't have room to expand, mm -hmm. you know, you know that you're going to need another one. Well, and I've so, lived near an airport, Milwaukee, the main airport in Milwaukee in Cudahy. And it's Cudahy. loud. Yeah, it's very loud. Yeah. Yep. So all that stuff is the reason why they needed a new one. And that makes total sense. Like if you're just somebody flying out of there, you're going to be like, this is a nice airport. I don't know why they need a new one. Right. But if you're in there, the logistics of it, yeah. you know, you need a new airport. So I don't really hold a lot of weight in that, that they didn't really need one because I kind of right. think they did. Yeah. Item number two, Blucifer. Yeah. I don't know. It's art. It's weird, but it's art. Art is weird. It's art. I mean, yeah. I don't get I, a lot of art. I appreciate, and this will get into the murals too. I appreciate that they're trying to do something different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would rather look at the murals at the Denver airport than just a painting of an airplane on a wall flying into the sunset because that's boring. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's played or out some at airports. Famous guy who paid for something at the airport. Yeah. So I think when they were putting this airport together, they tried to make it like a combination museum art exhibit sure. airport. And that makes total sense. I mean, like, I think that they maybe didn't think things through real well about what they were putting up, but I don't see Blucifer as being foreboding. I think it's cool. Right. 
I think it's, maybe it's just me, but I think it's cool looking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see it. I'm not going to join these groups that this needs to be removed because it's a killer. And this is another thing that's kind of like I talked about in the Georgia Guidestones episode, which you guys didn't listen to yet because that's our that's our what snow Georgia emergency. Exactly. <laughs> but I just think it sucks that this statue was a labor of love for this guy mm-hmm. so Killed much him. so much that his family yeah. finished it and now it's seen as this evil thing. Right. Where I just feel bad for that family that they put all this work into it. And people want it hauled off because it's evil. Right. You know, so I don't know. I like Lucifer. Some people don't. Yeah. I don't know. Art art is that way. It can yeah. be shocking. It can yep. be disturbing. It can be beautiful. Yeah. It's all in the eye of the beholder. So I don't think that really, Lucifer doesn't really point to anything. No, I don't think so either. Item number three, the runway swastika. Officials say the design is actually just efficient for bringing in traffic to a busy airport with planes approaching frequently from all angles. And in the event of strong winds, other runways can be used. That makes sense. For thousands of years prior to Adolf Hitler's adoption of the symbol, the swastika has been seen as a symbol meaning good fortune and well-being. It's had its negative connotations for less than a century. Hmm. And that's true. That's an interesting There's buildings in Manitowoc that have a swastika on it, if you look, because... It existed long before. It existed Hitler. before, you know. So and sure. if you look at if you look at a picture of the runway with somebody having drawn in the swastika, you can see it. it. Sure. But if you look at a picture of the runway without the swastika, it just looks like it doesn't roads. really look that much like a swastika. Okay. I guess I can see yeah. that, but I think it's just more That's somebody looking for something. I th- and I'm not I'm not poo pooing on anybody's you know, I'm not I'm not saying there's nothing weird going well, on. We have there. to tell both sides. We have to tell both sides. Yeah. But I I don't think it looks that much like a swastika. That's Only when you draw on it, then, and it's not, it's not um, proportioned quite right. No, it's exactly. Not, they're not exactly. You know, it's sort of, it's not a very precise swastika. Exactly. Let's say that. Item number four: the capstone. It's just a capstone. <laughs> The New World Airport Commission was never a defined group. It was just a name given to a group of local politicians and business people who helped fund the airport's construction. Makes sense. You know, that's like you and I calling ourselves the Strange Sessions. That's not sure. That's not like a designated group name. That's just what we call ourselves. Yeah. You know, okay. so a lot of people really look at that and say, oh, there's no trace of this New World Airport Commission and there was never meant to be. It's just a group of people mm-hmm. that did that. But we'll they get more into that. We'll get more into that a little later. Okay. Item number five, other artwork. Historically, gargoyles were placed on buildings to protect the site. They are placed slightly above the traveler's heads to oversee and ensure that baggage will arrive safely at DIA. Gargoyles originated in the Middle Ages when stone statues called grotesques were placed on the exterior of Catholic cathedrals to channel water away from the roof and to ward off evil spirits. So they look creepy, but they're not. Gargoyles are supposedly... uh, good thing and they had another purpose to keep the yes. inside of the church dry yeah and that's just another art thing where this guy wanted to do this and and they happen to be sitting in suitcases which is cute and i think they're cute i don't think they're that creepy looking like the one that's got its tongue lolling out of its mouth i think it's cute i think the fact that they i think it's like a conversation piece where you're like wow that's different sure it's the they're like really dark and shiny. Yeah. It reminds me of like the alien from the alien movies. Yeah, for some I can totally see that. So I think yep. that's why initially I was like, oh, creepy. Yeah. So I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't. And then we get to the AUAG mining cart thing. Okay. Baruch Samuel Blumberg, the person <laughs> who discovered the hepatitis strain, was never known to have any ties to the Denver airport. Also, and this comes from the Skeptoid website, 
Quote, Australia antigen is indeed sometimes abbreviated as AUAG, but its true common abbreviation is HBSAG for hepatitis B antigen. An antigen is not the disease germ itself. It is simply a substance that provokes an immune response. Australia antigen is just a protein found on the surface of the hepatitis B virus. If you exposed everyone to Australia antigen, you'd essentially just inoculate them against hepatitis B. Hmm. By itself, it's harmless. How dare you? By, by itself, it's <laughs> harmless. A vaccine has existed for some time against hepatitis B, and most people have received it. Even if you haven't, hepatitis B is treatable and is rarely fatal. So it's a pretty poor choice for a mechanism of global genocide. Right. I think it's just, it, it's supposed to be the what, it, what they said, a mining cart mm-hmm. with the symbols for gold silver and silver. And gold. You know? Mm-hmm. Item number six, the murals. Again, it's art. Right. You know, it is questionable, I suppose. It's making a social statement, though. But it's all interpretive. Yeah. You know, where one person thinks it's objectionable, other people are going to think it's beautiful. I don't think it means there's a concentration camp underneath the airport. No. That's a stretch. No. Back in 1994, artist Leo Tenguma was working in his studio when a van full of people pulled up. He says, quote, They weren't hostile. They asked a lot of questions. They wanted to know all about the different symbolism in the mural, and I explained it like I explain it to everybody. The first part of the environmental mural is about the ways that humans destroy nature and themselves through destruction and genocide. The second part is about humanity coming together to rehabilitate nature and revive their own compassion. You know, and I could totally see that. Mm -hmm. But people reverse it to think that it's all this creepy it's sinister all, symbolism yeah, and yeah, hidden yeah, meanings. Yeah. yeah. It is dark. You know, kids in sure. coffins, poem by a 14-year-old that died at Auschwitz. It's sobering and it's dark. But it happened. But it happened. You know, <laughs> it's sort and, of just like a record of history. I mean, I give the airport credit for putting this up where they could have seen it and been like, yeah, no. You know, <laughs> you so some butterflies I, I kind of love that they put this up and they didn't take it down. Mm-hmm. Even with all the people asking about it, the people that are supposedly offended by it, that they left it up. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. It starts conversations that yep. probably need to happen. Yep. Item number seven. As always, finding the identity or original testimony of this so-called construction worker has proven fruitless. Like all these, supposedly a sure. construction worker found heard it this, from a friend supposedly heard it from the, a an friend. electrician did this. Mm-hmm. Nobody can trace these guys or the original quote. Right. A lot of people became aware of the DIA weirdness after the January 2010 episode of the show Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. In the episode, Ventura visits the DIA with a conspiracy theorist who claims that the space below the airport is going to be used as a shelter for the world's elite in the 2012 apocalypse. And spoiler, the world didn't didn't end in 2012. (laughs) It's the Mayan calendar. Yeah. The underground constructions are for the underground train system that connects all the terminals, including additional unused tunneling built to accommodate future expansion. Other underground systems were built for Denver's state-of-the-art automated baggage handling system, which failed, and when it was retired in 2005, the underground tunnels became used for conventional baggage handling. That They think that that's all that's down there are the tunnels that people are using to transport baggage, and they are, but these mysterious tunnels that aren't ever used were put there for future expansions. Sure. Because they didn't want to go back down there and redig tunnels when they needed to. And who has proof that all these other floors or levels exist below that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of people say there's nothing. They say that at the fourth floor below, mm-hmm. uh, the 
you see the end of the electrical work and the plumbing so that they say that there's nothing below that. Hmm. And item number eight, and this was all the weird miscellaneous little stuff. People that go out there take pictures and they see that the barbed wire on the top of the fences is straight up and it's not angled. Oh. It's just straight up barbed wire. I know that was like a, a that, game of telephone. That was a buzzkill because I always <laughs> thought that was really cool. And then it's like, oh, turns out that's not even happening. Not at all. No. <laughs> not a thing. Also, Queen Elizabeth II is indeed a pretty substantial property investor, although it's really the royal crown in general and not her personally. Sure. The royal crown has property investments all over the world. Real estate near a new international airport is usually a pretty good investment for anyone, and such a purchase would be consistent with the Crown's other investments. So there's really nothing weird about her investing in there. I didn't think so. The windshield thing actually did happen. It's believed that it was caused by fine particles that were blown around in the windstorm, which hit the windshields and caused pitting, which led to cracking, but I don't know. It still seems weird That does seem really weird to me. It would take something pretty, I think, pretty violent to do that. Yep. I You're, think that's those things hurtle through the air at hundreds yeah, of miles an hour. I, I think that's suspect. I really yeah, do think that's, that's suspect that there's something, you know, maybe they were testing some kind of weapon. I don't know. And as far as the buried runway, there's still a lot of discussion about where it is. So there's really no concrete. <laughs> that wasn't even supposed to be a joke. But there's no concrete. <laughs> there's no concrete proof of this this bunker or this airport runway that was covered with dirt. Maybe and I'll, I mean, maybe. And even you know, I'm not a. a concrete layer is that what they're called but wouldn't wouldn't this under four inches of dirt all all these years not even really be usable as wouldn't it have cracked and buckled well that even still be surrounded by farmland yeah i'm looking at underground for that time i would and not maintained i would think that that runway would not even be usable anymore well i just don't see where it would go i mean it would have to intersect with one of these other runways or cut through someone's cornfield yep so there's that So now a couple miscellaneous comments and posts that I found on websites like we had for the other theory. This one says, quote, statements about Denver International Airport being an evil headquarters of the NWO boggles the mind. The Rocky Mountains are about the same distance from downtown Denver as DIA. So why build an underground facility in the middle of a flat plain under just soil? NORAD's Cheyenne Mountain Nuclear Bunker, built to absorb a direct hit by a nuclear weapon, is less than 75 miles away in Colorado Springs. If you are looking for a place for your supervillain lair, why not do the same and build a protected bunker under millions of tons of solid granite instead? And that kind of makes sense. But you'd also expect it to be... Well, I think it would be a lot harder to do, too, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be easier to do it. But you would also expect it to be under the mountains and not under the airport. Right, yeah. And now we get into this. I thought this was kind of cool. The author of the Free Press International website, which is like kind of a big conspiracy website, emailed the airport and asked them some of these questions. The airport spokesman, Steve Snyder, responded with this email, quote, We have received both of your emails and we will provide the information you requested within an appropriate time frame. These questions have been asked ad nauseum by groups like yours throughout the nine-year history of this airport, and quite frankly, they are not our highest priority right now. All of this information has been discussed publicly over and over during the years, and you can select whatever explanation you choose to believe. I have asked our art director to find biographical information about the artist who painted the mural you questioned. She can also provide a fact sheet on the piece itself. As for the New World designation, the New World Airport Commission was simply a group consisting of local business and political leaders who sponsored and organized a number of pre-opening events at the airport. The airport was to usher in a new era, making Denver a world-class city, thus the New World name. Hmm. 
The group has absolutely no association with the New World Order. And the underground facilities are just baggage tunnels that are used every day by hundreds of airline workers to take luggage to and from the terminal. However, these explanations rarely satisfy people who love to believe in conspiracy theories and who are convinced that Denver International Airport is at the center of something sinister. It is important to keep in mind that this airport was the largest, most scrutinized public works project in American history. There were cameras and reporters here documenting every single inch of dirt moved. If something strange was going on out here, hundreds of media outlets would have all known by now. I'm surprised it took you nine years to send this email. <laughs> I will get back to you with the information you requested so that you may post it to your website. Of course, I'm betting you will probably post this letter as well. Steve <laughs> Snyder, Public Affairs Office. I love that. So the guy That's from, the, web, response, the, guy from the website emailed him a bunch saying what you answered wasn't what I was asking and, and all this stuff. So Snyder once again responded with this email, quote, while the artwork in question can certainly require an explanation, you lose credibility in a hurry when you start asking questions about underground facilities at Denver International Airport. Hundreds of people work in these baggage tunnels every day, and thousands more have been down there for various reasons over the years. Nobody has reported anything remotely suspicious. And forgive me for assuming you grasp the obvious, but the Freemason symbol is on the capstone because Freemasons constructed the capstone. Huh. We've heard all the stories that were secretly hiding everything from underground runways to slave labor camps down there, and those charges are so far off base, it's almost humorous. And it most certainly is my job to protect the public from misinformation and to chastise those who spread it. Your questions about Denver International Airport fall right along the tired old story that this airport is somehow at the center of some giant conspiracy. A quick visit to your website confirmed the underlying nature of your questions. The information we provide never seems to be enough to satisfy people like you, so we all end up wasting our time rehashing ridiculous rumors that simply aren't true. You now have the information you requested, and it was provided to you in a timely manner. You can do with it what you wish. We consider this matter closed. Hmm. So I kind of like that. I like it. So that's that. It's got to be old after a while. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. constantly yeah. getting those yep. questions. So your opinion, what do you think? Is there something weird going on there, or is there something... Or is this just all blown out of proportion? There's nothing going on there. I think it's probably mostly all blown out of proportion. No reptilians. No reptilians. No, no FEMA concentration camp. No FEMA concentration camp, which just is so bizarre to me. <laughs> FEMA's the organization that helps you when you've been in some kind of natural disaster. I don't know. I I I mean they. I have up heard Katrina, some. I've heard obviously. some pretty valid, good anti-FEMA stuff. Hmm. We'll get to that in a future episode. Okay. Like I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. I love hearing conspiracy theories, but yeah, I don't buy most. But some of them, some of them do make you think. Yeah, I think it's just an airport. Okay. (laughs) I haven't really. I I need proof, and I don't feel like anything that you presented has any kind of evidence backing it up. And I think the logical explanations you went through make so much sense. Yeah. I think. I guess I'm not the type of person who immediately jumps to. Oh, it's got to be this big conspiracy. That's yeah. just not how my brain works, I guess. I think there's some interesting stuff there. I really do. I think there's... I I don't even know. I think if there is anything there, I think there's an underground bunker that's, where that's the, the president or thing. somebody would go. I mean, these things sure. are around the country. I can buy that because we know they exist. Yep. There's Mount Weather. I think we talked about this in another podcast, in another episode. There's Mount Weather in Virginia that for years was kept secret that actually has like a functioning city on it where the president and the higher ups would go in the case of a a nuclear attack there was the greenbrier resort in west virginia that's actually a resort 
that has a huge bunker built underneath it that members of Congress would go to in the event of a nuclear war. And it was a complete secret from when it was built in 1957 until it was revealed in 1992. Hmm. A lot of people suspected there was something under there, but they were like, no, there's nothing under here because there was this huge, in the basement, there was this huge vault door. Hmm. And a lot of people said there was something under there and they said no. And I think this could easily be that. But on the other hand, I think that the government with stuff like this is really good at misdirection. I think that's why yeah. they love us thinking that area 51 is this super important base because everybody's focused on that while they're actually doing stuff at another base where sure. nobody is looking. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's what this might be where they want people to think there's something weird going on here because maybe there's something under an airport in a, like in the middle of Kansas at this little <laughs> dinky airport. Right. But everybody is so focused on or the old airport on Denver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I think there's weird stuff going on there. I don't think it's reptilians. I think that if there's anything under there, I think it's some kind of secret government installation where somebody can go. And because totally it makes perfect that. sense to be yeah. in an airport yeah. where you're not going to... It's coming not and going, that you're there. No, coming and going isn't going to be odd. Right. You know, you get off a plane, they take you down this secret door and you go down to this. So I think there is something there. I just don't think it's... As sinister as, as sinister as yeah. people make it out to be. But I think there's a lot of weird stuff. I think the art stuff is just art. It's just art. Yeah. I think they were trying there's to be... There's a lot of weird art I think they're trying to be edgy place. and modern. Shocking. And I think, yeah. like I said, they didn't think some of this stuff through. Right. Like I said, I don't want to see somebody in a coffin when I'm getting on an airplane. Right. So I think there's something going on there, but I don't think it's as nefarious as other people do. I agree. So then finally, in late summer of last year, the airport started doing construction work on certain areas of the airport. In the past, it seems like they had tried to distance themselves from any talk of the conspiracy theories about the airport, but once the construction started and the construction signs went up, it was shown that they finally decided to embrace the theories. And these signs are awesome. I love it. These are like really well done. It's not like somebody drew it. It's like a big, well done sign. Okay. One of the signs covering an area where they were working said, quote, construction or cover up. But the sign had a close-up picture of a construction worker on it wearing a hard hat that has an eye in a pyramid Illuminati symbol on it. Oh, I love it. Another one has a picture of a human body with a lizard's head. It says, what are we doing? A, adding amazing new restaurants and bars. B, building an Illuminati headquarters. C, remodeling the lizard people's lair. See, I love that. I do too. And That's finally, great. my personal favorite sign said in big letters, what are we creating? A, more space for interesting artwork. B, a better airport experience, or C, zombie cat lairs. And the sign had a big picture of a cat wearing a tinfoil hat. <laughs> so I thought that was awesome. I thought those were so cool. So now yeah. I Good think they finally I think they finally are like, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Sure. So now I think they kind of just go along with it. Yeah. But if you look up those the signs, they're actually really cool. Okay. I'll have to check it so out. So yeah, that is the Denver airport. Mm. I think there's something going on there. I can but see I don't how you think... can take all of these things and put them together and try to weave them into some, you know, like you said, some huge, huge new world order, but reptilian aliens, I think FEMA when you, concentration camp. When you break it down piece by piece, it's just mundane. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's something going on there, but I think it's something, like I said, an under an, a bunker where they can go in the event of mm -hmm. a catastrophe, and they just don't want people knowing that that's down there. And I can 100% buy that. Yeah. So that's a Denver airport. Right. I hope, hope I always disappoint. I always feel the bad that I like shoot some of this stuff down, but well, that's what we're here for. But it sucks for me too because I love this. I love the story of the Denver airport. And then once I start researching it, it's like, ugh. Uh, yeah. 
you know, like it's, there was so much stuff in there. Like the thing with the barbed wire, it's like, I don't want to include that because it's cooler to think the barbed wire fence is tipped the wrong way, but we had to. Yeah. So what do you guys think? I know Shane, my good friend Shane, that's in the strangers group has family there. there, So he's been there tons of times. And I know a couple other people have mentioned that they've been to the Denver International Airport. So what do you guys think of the episode? And to you people who have been there already, what do you think? Do you think it's just an airport? Or do you think there's something going on? Let us know. Get back to us. Yeah, do you have any weird stories? Do you know anybody who has any weird stories? Prove us wrong. Yeah, prove us wrong. Damn it. Like, I'm sad. I kind of wanted there to be <laughs> reptilians there and all this stuff. It's just a big uh, simulation. It's not a real airport. <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. I really want to... Like, I'm thinking about going to see some friends in Arizona, and I'm trying to figure out if there's a way that I can actually... Get a layover (laughs) there for like an hour or two hours. So I just just kind of wander around, open doors that I'm not supposed to open. You don't want that five minute layover where you have to literally sprint to your next flight. Yeah, my sprinting days are done. Yeah. I want like a couple hours where I can just kind of look around. I want to get pictures of me in front of the Nazi soldier mural and on the cool capstone pressing buttons trying to, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool if they made it so that every now and then it would play like the Adventures of Link sound of a secret door opening somewhere in the distance. <laughs> right. Oh, that'd be you funny. Know? So th- I just think there's a lot of cool... It does look like a treadmill. So it's kind it's of weird odd. looking. It's not... It is weird looking, but it's art. Right. You know. And Freemasons will end up getting to in another episode, but yeah. Freemasons get a lot of flack for yeah, stuff. Yeah, they do. You know, I don't know much about it, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to researching that because I hear them come up all the time. Mm-hmm. So again, let us know what you guys think of the airport. Is it alien lair? Is it concentration camp? Is it just an airport? Sweet. Sweet. So should we do a... Are we going to do some a question? We'll do a question. Okay. Tonight's question is... We'll answer two of them. Tonight's qu- first question is, what are your thoughts on missing people? It freaks me out. Maybe do an episode on the subject. We kind of did with the missing 411 stuff. Yeah, we've done a couple episodes. But I read stuff a lot that there's far more people missing than anybody realizes right only and it's the actually major really, ones yeah it's this, actually really yeah. kind of creepy how many people go missing do you ever look at the flyers um, yeah yeah whatever they're called bulletin boards yeah. like grocery stores and stuff yep. it's crazy yeah and there's like there's a lot of people that disappear so i think that might actually be a future you know we did the missing 401 stuff which is about people in national parks mm-hmm. that disappear but we might actually do one just about people missing in general I, for one, am absolutely fascinated. I listen to a lot of podcasts about missing people. Um, and I just, one of them is called Someone Knows Something. It's a really, it's a series and every season they do a different case. Cool. Um, I listen to some podcasts where every episode is a different case, but I am just fascinated by missing persons cases. It's the mystery of it. Yeah, it's it is. You, I mean, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of these people are no longer with us. Yeah. Because it's really hard to disappear like truly disappear. Yeah. Um, but it makes you wonder. I think it would be really difficult as the family that's left behind because you never have closure. No, like more Murray's family. You always hold out hope that yep. they were out there somewhere. Like yep. Jamie Kloss's family. Yeah. Who knew she... I mean, it was only three months. I say only, but I mean, there are people who've I been mean, gone I for years. I thought she was dead. I thought that they were not going to ever find her. Well, you have people who went missing for... That one woman was held... What was her name? I can't remember. Duggar? Oh, yeah. I can't remember she her. She was held captive for years yeah. and had children with her yep. captor. I yeah. mean, oh boy, it's crazy. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's crazy. It makes me a little paranoid. Go, a lot of people go missing, so we'll probably cover that in a future episode. Well, and those podcasts make me lock my door as soon <laughs> exactly. as I get in, and I exactly. check the back seat, and I'm very hypervigilant. Let's you are. <laughs> you are. I feel safe when I'm with you because well, you're good. always on guard. <laughs> you're always looking around, and you always know what's going on. Yep. Question number two. What paranormal story slash entity slash cryptid are you the most skeptical of, but you want to be very true? Hmm. Most skeptical of? Yeah. So it could be a cryptid or yeah. any kind of paranormal entity. Hmm. That's hard because all the ones that come to mind are ones that I... <laughs> believe? Like Bigfoot, obviously. I'll start because Bigfoot is mine. That's I'm yours. very skeptical. You know that I'm very skeptical yeah, about Bigfoot, but I really kind of want it to be true. I love the idea that there's this creature in the woods that's living there apart from us and might be a missing link. I want it to be true, but I just can't. Super skeptical. I can't bring myself to believe it. Yeah, I think mine is like Loch Ness because nobody's ever really gotten any. No, good but footage. it's like a fascinating idea. It is. I'm kind of skeptical about Loch Ness too. Like I think about Mothman, but too many people have been seeing what appear to be Mothman. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like there's some really there's not a lot of evidence. concrete evidence about Loch Ness monster. No, just a couple humps in the water, which could be logs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Except that one photo of Bigfoot riding the Loch Ness monster, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, I think it's Loch Ness. <laughs> it's a very well known one that's been going on for decades, or I don't even know how long. But I just feel like there's no real good evidence no. that it exists sweet so yours is Loch Ness Monster yeah. mine's Bigfoot yeah two classics two classics All right. gotta go with the classics yeah so I think that's it from us I'll do it and now we gotta drive home in the snow because it's snowing out it is it's not bad though for Wisconsin for Wisconsin this is like nothing there's a dusting yeah usually we're buried but in like a foot by now I'm still a little scared because they're like I said there's country wrong, roads you know my yeah. car slides on fog, so it's oh. going to be a scary <laughs> ride home. Freezing fog? So we're glad to be back. Yeah. We're so glad to have you guys with us. Hopefully the Denver International Airport episode was to your liking. Sorry if we poo-pooed on it. <laughs> I still think there's something going on there. Just not Something, rip, not, yeah. Not reptilians. Right. Check us out on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, rate us on iTunes if you would. We'd appreciate that. Send us postcards. What else are we in? Do we have a MySpace? <laughs> Definitely MySpace. Do we have, do we have MySpace. like a, prod, a Prodigy chat group? <laughs> What's that? That's like old school. I don't know. We're definitely on AOL. <laughs> yeah. So if you have any of those old AOL discs that they used to give out everywhere back yep. in the 90s. We're on there. I think I still have some of those at home. Throw that You've in. You've got mail. Throw that in and you can find us on there. Uh, what, what's our email address? <laughs> our email address is... Good question. Is it the strange session? I never remember. Oh, we gotta get better. We need an intern. We gotta get better at this. Our email address is the strange sessions at gmail.com. We love email from you guys, so please send us something. And we love postcards. So if you can, please send us some postcards. You guys can start sending us food again. Have some mercy with the food. Yeah. Please. I'd love for you guys to do your own taste test, too, and, and share it with the group. I was surprised how many strangers. people tried the peanut butter and mayo sandwich and yeah. actually liked it. I still have to make that for my husband. He really wanted to try that, and I never got around to it. Somebody I think have, I still have Duke's mayo in my fridge, too. Seriously? So, yeah. <sighs> I love mayo. Should check it out. With toast. It's got to be on toast. Yeah. Well, it's got to be on toast. Like, just on a soft sandwich. It's, yeah. No. <laughs> so <laughs> We're food snobs. We are food snobs. <laughs> so, from Krista and I, until... 
next time. I was trying to think <laughs> trying something, to think something clever to say. to say. The next episode is going to be the episode that has the topic that I'm really kind of interested in. And back when we first talked about doing the podcast, this was one of the topics I wanted to do because I think it's super fascinating. And they got bumped to do the moon episode. Okay. So I'm actually excited about this one. I like this next one. Like you and mentioned not, it on the drive here. Yeah, it's and not, I have no idea what you were talking it's, about. <laughs> you generally don't have any memory. idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, I think it's a really fascinating story. And I, I think I told you, and I, I don't remember. But, I couldn't even repeat it, what it was. Uh, Thinking Sideways, the podcast oh. that I love that was kind of the inspiration for how we do this, mm-hmm. ended. They stopped. And yeah. then... For Christmas, they put out their list of like a thousand something topics that people wanted them to do that Ooh, they didn't get to do. So I, steal I wrote on there that. and I said, I'm downloading this. I said, we do a podcast that's kind of based off. And a couple people asked me what the podcast was. So nice. hopefully they're listening. Yeah. But now I got this long list of possible topics. So Sweet. I'm stoked about that. I really liked them because, and I didn't listen a whole lot, but I liked their style. But I liked that they picked cases yeah that i've never heard yeah. of before yeah not they never just did. like your random haunted topic or whatever i mean they did stuff like your your you know that's the well-known stuff but they also like did Amityville stuff that or i whatever. never heard yeah. of that it's like wow that's really cool i like that so we'll probably do a bunch of those so at least we got a list now of stuff to do and yeah. with your guys suggestions definitely we're topics. gonna use all the topics that were yes. voted on right yep okay so we will get to those so cool. and we also had a couple people say that we should do like we did with the with the Ohio episode where we did like those one per cryptids that we should do like one per state. So yeah, I originally got its own thing. I know? originally thought by the fifth season we would be running out of stuff to no, do, and we would be we'll doing like an episode out. on some house down the street that somebody said is haunted. <laughs> so, but I think we got a lot of stuff to do, so we should be around for a while. Yeah, I think so too. Hopefully, I hope so. <laughs> so, agree. From Krista and I, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.